The COVID-19 pandemic has changed life for all of us. But even before this, we were already fighting an epidemic, the battle against chronic disease. And those with chronic diseases are at highest risk of contracting severe coronavirus infections. So how do we protect ourselves during these uncertain times? But more importantly, how do we view health? Welcome to the Glass Half Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jonar, a physician board certified in internal medicine and certified in lifestyle medicine. In this podcast, I want to address the current crisis of chronic disease and to challenge the conventional attitude towards health. We will be exploring these issues with thought-provoking guests to help redefine what health should mean for all of us. I hope to inspire you to take action towards a happier, thriving life because good health comes to those who expect it. What is up, everyone? I am your host, Dr. Jonar, and this is my podcast, The Glass Half Healthy. A warm welcome to all my loyal fans out there and first-time listeners to my podcast, ranked in the best 21 medical podcasts to subscribe to in 2021 by Board Vitals. Appreciate everyone's continued support, and for our first full-length guest episode of Season 2, we got a great guest to set it off, my friend Tony Okamoto, the founder of Plant Based on a Budget. But before we get to that, a word from our sponsor. This episode of The Glass Half Healthy was brought to you by Avocados. They are loaded with oleic acid, a monounsaturated fatty acid that reduces inflammation and contains more potassium than bananas. Avocados, they'll guac your world. Get them wherever fresh produce is sold. Okay, back to the pod. This is our 38th episode, and the title is Budgeting Meals for Better Health with my friend Tony Okamoto. So this fall of 2021 marks my fourth year of eating plant-based, and it began with the collective health struggles of my parents, whom were unfortunately both taken way too soon as a result of chronic illness. The turning point for me came in 2016 when I found myself close to 40 pounds overweight from the many years of eating the standard American diet. It's in those moments I finally decided to reclaim my health. I attempted all sorts of fad diets with mixed results. Then my good friend from med school, Jackie Nguyen, gave me a book called How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger. And that provided me with the game-changing solution, plant-based nutrition. Starting on this path was not easy. You can feel overwhelmed and don't really know where to begin. In addition, for the working professionals or the busy parents out there listening, I wanted to budget my money as well as my time because time is money. So I'm really excited to have Tony here on the pod to help inspire you to make healthy, inexpensive, and tasty plant-based meals in a doable and practical way. Tony Okamoto is the founder of Plant Based on a Budget, the popular fun website and meal plan, as well as her online presence on Instagram with over 475,000 followers. She shows you how to eat healthy, affordable plant-based meals. Tony is also the author of the Plant-Based on a Budget Cookbook, co-author of the Friendly Vegan Cookbook, and the co-host of the Plant-Powered People podcast. Tony's work has been profiled in the popular documentary, What the Health? She's been featured by NBC News, Parade Magazine, 
and she's a regular presence on local and national morning shows across the country, where she teaches viewers how to break their meat habit without breaking their budget. In this episode, we discuss how her unique cultural upbringing and influence from her high school track coach had a huge impact on her approach to food, her creation of affordable plant-based meal planning, common misconceptions of eating plant-based for those just starting out, the importance of meal planning as a way to mitigate poor eating choices, avoiding the pitfalls once you embark on your own journey of healthier eating, and so much more. So let's get to it and enter the pod with Tony Okamoto. All right, first and foremost, thank you for coming on the show. It is an absolute honor for you to be here. And I've been following you for some time now, you know, as I mentioned to you offline. And I feel like I know part of you through your work, you know, your your plant-based on a budget online presence, the books you published, most recently the plant-based on a budget cookbook that was back in May 2019, I think. And then the friendly vegan cookbook recently. So welcome on the show. Thank you so much. And I appreciate all the kind words and also all of the wonderful work that you're doing to promote healthy plant-based living. Oh, thank you. That means so much to me. So, you know, we share a common passion for empowering others to make healthier choices. And, you know, me through my work as a doctor, but you through your work offering ways to create healthy, inexpensive and tasty plant-based meals. And you have an amazing story yourself, but for our listeners who may not know you yet, can you take us back to the moment that inspired you to be such a positive force for plant-based cooking? <laughs> uh, that's that's a funny thing to say, but thank you. That's very kind. Well, it goes way, 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 way back. I grew up with my grandparents. Uh, I was born to teenagers and my dad went to the Navy right away after I was born so that he could support me. And uh, my grandpa, he grew his own food. They were retired. He's a Japanese gardener. And my grandma cooked all of our, our food from, from scratch, from mm -hmm. places that he was, he was growing. And so growing up, I did have that relationship to food. But when my dad got back from the Navy and I moved in with him when I was about 11 or 12 years old, we lived a bachelor lifestyle. We started eating hot dogs and canned canned beans. Mm -hmm. We ate a lot of frozen pizzas and frozen burritos and deep fried everything. Right. And, and I began to think of food in those very formative years about how it was going to taste and how it was going to fill my belly because I was hungry and not right. so much how it was going to nourish me. I didn't even consider that ever. And I went into high school doing track and very often frequented the Taco Bell. So I would go <laughs> eat Taco Bell at lunchtime and then go to high school track practice and would feel really sick to my stomach, not realizing that what I was eating was making me feel that way. So my concerned coach who saw me getting sick as I ran said, Hey, Tony, have you thought about maybe not eating Taco Bell all the time? And have you thought further about not eating so much red meat. And I said, no, I actually haven't thought about that. And this, I, this is your track coach. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, my, my track coach, he is the one who suggested it. He said, um, okay, why don't you, instead of eating that, just eat, eat a 
make a quick sandwich with filled with veggies. And uh, if you still want to eat meat, eat white meat, make a turkey sandwich. And I said, okay. I told my parents, they thought I was a straight up hippie. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> How did this happen? And, uh, and so that was really the genesis of me beginning to think about food and to start making my way toward plant-based eating. Wow, that's that's an awesome story. So th that took place like back in high school, you know, cause like when I first turned plant-based, that was back in 2017, and I got a lot of flack from family and friends. So I'm just wondering from your personal experience outside of, you know, your mom and dad, how did everyone else take it that you were doing the, the, this like, you know, as they as they claim a like hippie lifestyle, but like, you know, eating plant-based, what do people think? Well, mixed. I, uh -huh. at the time, was really involved in punk rock music. And oh, so okay. I had some friends who lived a more alternative lifestyle. And sure. then I also had my high school friends who were just normal people doing normal things. My best friend who I ended up living with and and was a roommate to when I became plant-based, she worked at Mort Morton Steakhouse. And oh, so she was like the total opposite. <laughs> she got brought brought home steak all the time from for free from her, her work meal. And most of my friends and my family thought that it was a phase, that uh -huh. this is something that I was trying out. And I was just doing my teenage, early 20s thing, and I'd grow up and be a normal person. But as soon as they saw me taking moves that were more lifestyle, like I began working in this space in my early 20s, they were like, oh, I think she's actually really into this stuff. And they began to take it more seriously. But it was a good five to 10 years before that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. So then, you know, how did all of it come together? Like, you know, actually launching this online presence for plant-based on a budget, you know, writing these books, like, were you also kind of like an aspiring cook too? Like, how did that all come together for you? No, I, <laughs> it's funny that you say aspiring cook because I've always felt like my place in the kitchen was fast and furious. I want to get in and get out. And a lot of my recipes are means to an end. I, I want to eat a healthy meal and I want sure. it to taste good, but I don't right. want to spend a lot of time in there. So the, the whole idea behind plant-based on a budget was that you can eat affordably and without a lot of time spent in the kitchen and it can be accessible. And it was something that I heard so often within my own family when I would bring it up to them, they were suffering mm. from all kinds of diet related health issues like mm. diabetes and heart disease. My grandpa who raised me, he died of uh, complications in a triple bypass surgery. I had oh, an uncle who was that. 40 who had a heart attack. And it it's just really sad to, to see people suffering and to lose loved ones For sure. and to feel like you're benefiting from something and you want to share it but they are not receptive for reasons you find to be untrue. And so right. I began to compile our family's re recipes on plant-based on a budget. And it was a small passion project to begin with. Interesting. 
but then from there develop more and more because you know obviously you've had a couple books uh, exactly on this right so yeah where did those additional inspirations come from was it just because you're like okay well i have this set of recipes i want to see what else i can do it was all about the the way people received the information i heard mm -hmm. so often after i started plant-based on a budget that whoever was contacting me would say you know this this is actually a really big obstacle for me i have two kids i have a partner on disability and i'm caregiver to all of them and we have limited means and i want to feed them healthy i just don't have the time and effort and resources to make it happen sure. and and so hearing that that story over and over and over and over again made me think how could i make this easier and so after simply creating recipes i d decided to create something more comprehensive, which was the plant-based on a budget free meal plans. And those were really what made plant-based on a budget special at the time. I did those back in 2013. And that was actually what brought me on to what the health, uh, my work in meal planning. And I would show people how to eat on $25 per week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's $1.20 per meal. And I've done all kinds of meal plans since then, including one that is how to eat the daily dozen for $30 for five days. And that just really set plant-based on a budget up for being, for being and for continuing to create more comprehensive resources like the plant-based on a budget book. That's awesome. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, we talked about this offline, but like, I have personally benefited from so many of your your recipes and they're they're like you said like they're tasty but it's quick to make like i think that's like the other thing and we'll get into it later but like there's so many you know thoughts that go behind trying to prepare meals for yourself and it can oftentimes be stressful you know but we'll get to that in a bit i wanted to ask you this so among the guests i've had i talk with certain ones about you know nu the nutritional and health benefits of plant-based nutrition right so in your opinion what would you say are the main benefits of eating plant-based like from your experience well i like the idea of crowding out the bad foods and again i've seen my family suffer severe consequences of not being educated properly on what food can do for you and how it could positively and negatively impact your life and how it can possibly be a fatal choice in the end. Right. Uh, and so I, I think about it as a more holistic thought that is not one that needs to be rapid. Maybe you start with meatless Mondays. Maybe you then go to vegan before six. It can be a slow and gradual change That's that the end goal will be to be completely plant-based and and setting yourself up for success is so important because so many people try and fail and right, give up right. completely and uh, and so that's the first part of of it is the health and taking control reclaiming your body and not right. just eating to satisfy hunger but to consider your long-term your long-term goals and your your long-term 
life, just like the, lifestyle, the lifestyle in general. Benefit. Yeah, exactly. No, most definitely. I mean, you touch on a couple of great points there. I think one is like we see so much chronic disease in the hospital. You know, we we talked about this offline too. I'm a hospitalist and I care for all these patients who've suffered from chronic disease years and years, and we see them coming in for acute issues that stem from those chronic diseases, right? So, and like what you're talking about is like, the moment you put that, you know, food in your mouth, whether it's fast food or, you know, pizza, what have you, like those things that you put day in and day out have long-term ramifications that you wouldn't necessarily think about in the moment. So I think what you're saying is very powerful. Like you should be thinking just beyond the immediate satisfaction of the food. You should be thinking about your long-term health and vitality, right? But yes, it's actually funny because, well, it's not funny. It's coincidental. I just finished a book, finished a book called Atomic Habits. Oh, and James Clear. Love that book. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. I just finished it. Uh, it was a recommendation from a friend and it's a very quick read for anyone who's interested, but it talks about a gradual change over a long period of time mm-hmm. and how you can, we'll say, think about health, ask yourself the right questions when you're, when you're eating, when you're thinking of what to eat for lunch, ask yourself, what would a healthy person do? What, what would a healthy person eat right now? Right. Um, right. Is, you, if you see soda and you have the water, dispenser right in front of you ask yourself what what <laughs> what would a healthy version of myself choose and i i have actually been doing things like that and it does take some training of your brain but yeah. it is so worth it in the long run right right i i love that book by the way i i'm such a big believer in like his his methods and his habits and you know you touched on it like you want to try to embody the person that you're you want to be, you know, whether that's an athlete, whether that's someone healthy and think about that throughout the day, like, you know, challenge yourself and ask yourself, is this benefiting me towards that path of healthier living? And I, I think, you know, you're right. It does take some training of the brain, but it's doable. And, and over time, like you'll stick to it and it'll become a lifestyle, you know? So, yeah. I, 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 that's so interesting that you just brought that up because I was just talking to another friend about that book like two days ago. And I'm like, you uh-huh. got to read this book. So I, I'm glad you, you read it. So let me ask you this too. What are some of the common misunderstandings or misconceptions of eating plant-based, you know, eating this way that you've seen in people who might be interested, but you know, they're, they're dabbling. Like what, what have you seen are like some common misunderstandings? Well, first that it's too expensive. Again, it requires some thought and retraining of the brain on what on what you're cooking on a regular basis, the groceries that you're buying. And actually this goes back to Atomic Habits too. I thought about meal planning when I was listening to it. I he was talking about how it it, it all starts with the food that you choose to buy, for example, mm-hmm. and what you have available in your house. If you're buying right. Oreos and potato chips, and you have that available, then you're going to eat that as a snack. But if instead at the grocery store, that first choice that you're making is to buy hummus and carrots, uh, that's what you're going to have to snack on at home. And so it helps set you up for success to, to have those healthy options in the house that are convenient and accessible to you. Uh, So first 
that it's expensive. Carrots and hummus, very cheap. Uh, sure. Making hummus yourself from scratch, very inexpensive. But also that when you adopt a plant-based lifestyle, that it has to be a whole change in everything that you've ever known. And that's not true. I love tacos, for example. I grew up eating tacos. And now instead of a beef filling, I eat a lentil filling or I eat a tofu filling. I use the same spices and the same toppings and enjoy the satisfying flavors, but a healthier plant-based version. And, uh, and so that's another thing that I hear often is that, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to make this whole lifestyle change. It's going to be hard on my family. And it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to overthink it. Right. Right. You know, I think you touched on some, some great points there. I think that one is that common complaint that I hear myself, you know, eating plant-based is for the rich, mm -hmm. you know, that veganism, it, you know, it's an expensive habit. But like, you, you know, you even have done that for yourself with these meal planners. You can really eat plant-based on a budget, right? That's true. Yes, I show how to do it for $1.20 per meal, which is way cheaper than going to a fast food restaurant and even ordering off the dollar menu. It takes me two, maybe three things off of the dollar meal to feel satisfied, but I could make a bean salad for just five bucks that'll last me four or five meals. Wow. See, that that's powerful right there. I think the other awesome point you brought up was, you know, you, you don't have to go all the way. I think, you know, I've seen people do that. And for certain people, it does work, right? Like for myself, like I knew I kind of had, back in 2017 when I started doing this, I'm like, I, I have to do it all the way because I love food way too much. And if I, you know, let myself eat here and there, I'm just going to go back to the way I, I've previously eaten. But I think I'm like few and far between. I think for a lot of people, if you want to set yourself up for long-term success, you should do it gradually. You know, and I actually just had a, a guest on the show, a pediatrician uh, by the name of Dr. Sheree Chu. And she was talking about for, for kids doing what's called food chaining. And so what this is, is you basically... So like, for example, mac and cheese, right? You, you serve your kid, you know, the, the standard mac and cheese, but by bits and pieces, you kind of change the recipe to the point when over time, they'll get used to eating it. And then boom, now you have, you know, the, the plant-based version of mac and cheese, right? You just mm -hmm. incorporate small bits and pieces. So I feel like in a, in a similar fashion with, with us adults, I think doing that same sort of thing is also helpful because that way you're not like, you know, totally in shock mode with eating this food that is like foreign to you rather than just, you know, incrementally stepping towards that health, the, that like completely healthier option. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I also believe that the other component to that, which I totally agree with what you're saying, mm -hmm. uh, but the other piece to that is if you on accident or on purpose make a mistake that is not in line with your goals, you can continue choosing right. plant-based for your next meal. Say right. you got a catering at work for, for free food that had something you didn't want to eat in or, or your, that, that's not within your goals. That's okay. You can choose the next meal and the next meal and the next meal to be plant-based. It, it just doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I feel like having grace for yourself is really important. And I know I've even recently in the past, I don't know, 
few years have eaten something on accident. And I read the label. I was like, oh no, why does this guacamole have sour cream in it? Like, how did that happen? And I just drug it off. I didn't mean to, whatever. I did it move yeah. forward. And, yeah, yeah. Right. and instead of getting stuck in your head and beating yourself up and saying, well, I tried it, it didn't work. It's just too hard. Just keep choosing plant-based. Right. I know. I love that message. I love that so much. I think that, you know, this goes back to another guest I had in the show, Anthony Masiello. His story is amazing, but you know, he's, he's a health coach. And one of the things he tells his clients that he works with is give up the idea of failure because you know, oftentimes like that will stop us from moving forward, like you said. So if you, you can just, you know, move on to the next meal and look forward. You made a mistake. We all make mistakes. No one's perfect. We're all humans, right? So I, I love that message that you said. You know, one of the other common issues I hear from others is that they're concerned that cooking plants only won't taste good. Like they need meat, you know what I mean? They need meat for the flavor. So for those that want to make more plant-based meals, like what would you say to these people? There are there are a lot of ways, especially for the beginners out there, yeah. to buy store-bought. So, for example, last night I made I made sweet potato tacos, and I bought a flavor packet of taco seasoning. It's like forty cents at the grocery store, and it's a pre-mix of all the different taco seasonings. And you just pour that in your sweet potatoes. I did a sweet potato and pinto bean taco filling. And having those flavors that you're familiar with that you usually put in ground beef will help you be, feel like it's a familiar dish. And same goes with sauces. There are so many sauces out there that are plant-based and you can continue using those on your plant-based ingredients so that you have those familiar flavors. Yeah, that, I mean, I think that's so important. It kind of goes back to that whole food chaining that I was talking about before, you know? I, You know, and just like as an aside too, like I think what's also hard for a lot of people is, you know, their culture. Like we live here in America, so there's an American culture, but overlaying that is like our respective heritages, like where we came from, right? And so like for myself, I'm Filipino. And so there's a lot of Filipino food that I can't, I wouldn't eat anymore, but there's there's alternative ways to make that same dish, but make it plant based. And like I, you know, at the time before when I was just eating, you know, the standard American diet, I, I didn't even think about that. And but you know, now that I've been eating this way, it's easy to be able to eat in those ways that you previously eaten by having those similar flavors that you're you're familiar with. So I think that's that's also like an important point to bring up too. You know. Definitely. And, and more on that, uh, aside from still having your cultural flavors, I feel like sometimes there are cultural attitudes about food that are more than just the act of preparing and consuming, but also what it means to gather, what it means to share the food and to break the bread. And, and in my culture, I'm Japanese and Mexican, uh, but my family most of the family I am close to are Mexican. Uh -huh. uh, they really identify with the food sharing to express love mindset. Sure. And when you reject food, it can be problematic. It can be uncomfortable. And it is 
something that I recommend to navigate lightly and again, gracefully, because you have thought about this in your head and you've made the decision, but your family who is maybe part of your, your lifestyle, like your life has not had that opportunity yet. And they are just going through this. So I would say have honest conversations. If it, if it gets really tense, then you can just say, Hey, you know what? Let's eat this food. I brought this to share with everybody and we can talk about this later. And, or you can say, you know what? I read this really great book or watch this really great documentary. I will send it to you and you can watch it and then we can discuss it later. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that is also something very insightful and something to think about when you are going back to your family and kind of eating this way. You know, I, I've had those same conversations with my own family. And I think, you know, initially on, they were hard conversations because I, you know, in, in certain ways, I feel like I was getting <laughs> ridiculed a little bit. <laughs> and so, you know, I naturally felt somewhat defensive, but I think that you're right. Like if you want others to kind of buy into what you're doing, you have to be open-minded yourself and kind of meet them where they're at, you know? Yes. And I will say, I know this from personal experience that it is very difficult. I used to work at a farmed animal rescue. And mm -hmm. during that time, I saw a lot of firsthand, I saw firsthand of what was happening at farms by the animals that we rescued. And I just felt so passionately and I would go home and I would want everybody to live the same lifestyle that I chose for my, that I had chosen for myself. And you feel that intensity, whether it's for health or whether it's for animals or environmentalism, you've gained this new knowledge and experience and you want everyone to be on board with it. And, right. and so I understand those passionate thoughts and feelings and experiences. Uh, but I, if you want friends and if you want your family to like you, I would say just chill. There are a lot of Facebook groups that you can go express yourself or like right. uh, Instagram groups, go find your people and right. spend quality time with family. Family is not there forever. And um, they, if anything can happen at any point. So yeah. just enjoy what you have with them and and uh, talk about the weather. I, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, so, you know, now that we've talked about all of this, now, you know, you may have convinced some of our listeners, but now they feel overwhelmed and don't really know where to start. So again, go, going back to when, you know, I first started out, my wife and I, we did it together, but without really a concrete plan. So after our first couple of meals, no joke, we ended up just going to eat fast food. <laughs> and so, you know, in your own personal and professional experience, what are the important things to keep in mind when starting down the path of eating and cooking plant, you know, plant-based? I believe that the most important thing that we can do, uh, both for budgeting, but also for making sure that we continue choosing healthy options is to meal plan. I know okay. that like okay. you, when I don't have a plan, I get hangry and I make bad decisions and I will run through the fast food drive through. And I still, I've been vegan for 14 years and I still do 
those types of things. Like I'm a professional meal planner and I still like, if I don't get it together, I will make bad choices. So, uh, I, I want everyone to know that that's normal. And regardless of how long you've been living this lifestyle one day or 14 years, uh, it is still, you are still at risk of making these choices. Uh, So meal planning is something that has really saved me looking at what I have in my pantry, building meals off of that. So I don't have to go buy all new groceries Sure. and, um, possibly contribute to food waste. And then also making sure that I have things made. So, or at Mm. least a plan. Mm -hmm. So for example, in my household, I usually do a, a bean or a lentil, uh, and I cook them, batch cook them in the pressure cooker. I do some rice or quinoa, and I can quickly put something together on a busy weeknight. I can add in some frozen vegetables if I'm in a hurry and some spices, one of those spice packets and have something to throw into a tortilla. Uh, I can put pasta in water, boil it, add some veggies and a marinara sauce and I'm good. Uh, So you can have these things on hand. I recommend frozen vegetables, canned beans, pasta, and then cooking things like rice and lentils for your refrigerator, just so that you have something to fall back on when you get really busy. And then if you can carry snacks in your car, I carry um, some trail mix or a protein bar or just something so that when I am leaving, when I, when I worked at an office, I would leave, feel really hungry and then swing by a somewhere. Uh, But if I could have just held my hunger for a little bit longer, know that I have pasta at home waiting for me, then I, I would have something to tide me over. But without that, who knows what will happen? (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely. I, I mean, I can totally sympathize with that because when, you know, my commute to and from the hospital is about 30 minutes or so, sometimes even longer, you know, pre-pandemic with like all the traffic here in LA. And I I would get so hangry in the car. And my Mm -hmm. wife was like, just put some snacks in the car. What are you doing to yourself? You're you're torturing yourself. So yeah, I mean, do that so that, you know, you know, we, we don't, we avoid those like trips to Subway and all the fast food, all the like of that, you know? Yep. So as for budgeting money towards food, Let's also talk about budgeting time too, because you know time is money, right? So one thing I love about your plant-based on a budget cookbook is that you offer these quick and expensive ways of you know cooking. So are there any like specific practical tips for those that are that you know lead very busy lives or the working parent? Besides the things you just mentioned, any additional steps you would recommend to make the, you know make these meal preps like quick and easy? I have. I try to avoid buying every kitchen gadget there is. I okay. I don't, I, for a long time, I lived in a one bedroom apartment uh-huh. and I didn't have a lot of space. But one kitchen gadget that I have fallen in love with, it has revolutionized the way I cook. It is the pressure cooker. The pressure cooker has saved me so much time 
And it makes it so simple because I'm not having to watch the stove. So if I'm cooking pinto beans, for example, I don't have to watch the stove for four hours, making sure it doesn't boil over and it has enough water. I just throw it in the pressure cooker. I cook it for, uh, I usually do about 40 minutes and then I take the lid off and cook it a little bit longer so that the water evaporates and it's like a nicer thick consistency. Sure. But the pressure cooker that has really helped me eat healthy and make sure that I have all of the, the staples that I need ready for me in the refrigerator for those easy meal planning. That that's a great, yeah, that's a great tip. We, we have one, we haven't been using it as much recently. I, I don't know why, but we, yeah, I mean, that's, it's good because like you said, like it's set in and forget it. You don't have to like sit yeah. there and, you know, wait the five minutes for like the, the food to cook. Like you, you just, you know, set the timer and then go back once it's done. Yes. So, yeah, and it, I know a lot of people think about old school pressure cookers where it could blow up your house or yeah. they have all these <laughs> the different thoughts, but this turns off when you're done. So you can either set it to warm your food when it's finished, or you can turn it off completely. So you can go walk your dog, hang out with your kids, take them to the park, and you'll have a meal waiting for you. It can be a a stew. It can be soup, chili, just plain rice, whatever. You have something waiting for you at home when you get back. Yeah, that, you know, that's a great point. You can, use that time to spend it with your loved ones and the things you you really love doing. And I guess the other question I had about that, when you prepare meals, do you prepare them for the whole week? Or is it like maybe a couple days at a time? Like, how do you how do you do it? Or what do you recommend to people? Well, I when I am like in serious meal prep mode, I yeah. make four entrees in one day. And okay eat those throughout the week. What I hear most about people or hear most from people is that they get bored with eating the same thing. So say you Mm -hmm. make one Mm -hmm. big giant batch of chili, you will hate chili by the end of the week if you're (laughs) eating it for lunch and dinner every day for seven days. (laughs) And so what I try to do is I make four basic meals that I can change the flavor of throughout the week. And you'll eat each of them three times for breakfast and lunch. And then I throw in a couple salads as well so that you can have just some just differences. Like variation. Exactly. Variation yeah, exactly. And then when I say change the flavor of one example could be your split pea soup. One day you can have split pea soup plain. Uh, the next day you can flavor it up with some lemon juice and some hot sauce uh, and then The next day you can use some maybe hickory smoke so that it has more of a traditional flavor. Uh, And then by the end, it's like a brick and you can make it, you can serve it over rice and kind of just have it be a totally separate meal because it's now, it has no water in it. So it's a, a different shape. Right, right. It's funny you mentioned that because, you know, we've been making your your vegan meatballs for some time. And so we make, a, yeah, we make a bunch and then we just, you know, refrigerate or freeze it. And then like, you know, one meal we'll use it for spaghetti, but then other meals we've, you know, I, I actually thought about this, just crumbling it up like, you know, ground beef. Mm-hmm. And so we, one time we use it for bibimbap, like the Korean bibimbap, like the rice plus vegetables. Dude, it's, it's amazing. Nice. It's amazing. Yeah. 
You, you should try it sometime. I will try that. <laughs> I will try that. Thank you. <laughs> let me, okay, let me ask you some fun questions. What's your favorite, like, vegetable? What would you say your favorite vegetable is? Oh, my favorite <laughs> vegetable. That is hard. But I would say that lately I have been enjoying broccoli. Broccoli. Okay. Why? I feel like it can go into a lot of different things. And so I tend to put it in my soups, my stir fries. I rice it up. I like it, it's, it's been very versatile lately and uh -huh. it's probably cause it's in season. That's why I'm really super loving it. Right, right. Uh, but, but also I'm, I'm always trying to get more cruciferous vegetables into my diet. And that is an easy one. Right. Yeah, t totally. It's, it tastes good. And you know, the, the phytonutrients in there are so powerful. How about fruit? Your favorite fruit? Oh, hands down avocado. <laughs> it's funny because you didn't my even hesitate. <laughs> yes, my husband, we were um we were at the it was December 8th, 2019. 2019. No, no, 2018. 2018. Okay. 2018. And uh we were at the farmers market and he said, "Hey, what's your favorite fruit?" And I was like, "That's a dumb question obviously it's an avocado and uh and then all of a sudden he pulls out an avocado with an engagement ring in the pit so he turned the um oh, the pit okay. into an into a, a ring Get box out of here. Are you and yes and then he's like on his knees at the Oh, actually, he didn't even get on a seat, did he? Uh anyway, he he pulls out this avocado in a ring box that was made from the avocado and uh, and then proposed to me. Wow, that is an awesome story. I can't even <laughs> tell my you. wife. That's that's amazing. That's so he obviously knows you so well. Yes. To, <laughs> to propose to you through the avocado. Yes. That is amazing. So and then let me ask you a couple more questions. One is like, what is your favorite meal to prepare? Like your go to like what what would you say it is? My favorite meal that I make at least weekly is a vegetable soup with whatever I have in my refrigerator that's expiring. And it's usually, I use the um, Better Than Bouillon No Chicken Broth. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite. And I, I usually cut up tofu into a small dice and add in either quinoa or some noodles or just some some other texture and it is so good. It reminds me of a vegetable chicken soup with the tofu and the clear broth and oh, the veggies. Gotta try it. Gotta and try that. it it helps me make sure that I'm using all my produce. For sure. Yeah. Wait wasting food is that you know, that's kind of a big thing in our house. We don't like doing that. So it's we'll like throwing that. your yeah. money in the garbage. I know, I know. So it would go against everything you stand for being a candidate on the budget. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So before we go, can you just tell us briefly about, you know, your recent book endeavors, you know, the plant based on a budget cookbook that, and that was a couple years ago, but the friendly vegan cookbook, just you know, let our listeners know about it because they might not know. Plant based on a budget cookbook was really my baby. It is something I am so proud of. I wrote it by myself and it just came from ideas in my head and to see something with photos and text come together like that out of thin air is really <laughs> special. So that is my pride and joy. I love it and I'll always love it. And, uh, and the idea behind it is basically everything that we've discussed 
in this episode. I wanted to make a, a comprehensive resource that was going to help people who are especially just stepping into plant-based eating get to know how to use simple ingredients to make a satisfying meal for themselves that was not going to take them a long time to make, that they could still shop at whatever grocery store that they were used to shopping at and uh, and not have to make major life changes or incorporate that were unfamiliar or hard to access. And so that that's where plant-based on a budget came from in my head. And then with the Friendly Vegan Cookbook, that is special in a different way because I wrote my name who has been a, a, not only a dear friend, but a hardcore advocate in this space as well. She and I have a lot of similar philosophies on how to approach the subject of vegan eating. And we wanted to make it so that people who were not vegetarian could come into this cookbook and have a friendly welcoming experience and have a friend alongside them in the in the in the kitchen and not only that but these are recipes that they can share with their skeptical family members yeah, who sure. are not interested so there are a lot of comfort meals a lot of meals for holidays or birthdays or barbecues so that you could share them with people who may who may raise their eyebrow when you say it's vegan <laughs> right right okay any last words of wisdom you want to leave for our listeners before we go i just want to emphasize again that it is not an all or nothing experience it can be whatever you want for your life that will take you in the direction of plant-based living later down the line if that is meatless mondays that's fantastic we celebrate you and lifestyle change is hard but just keep keep chugging along and uh, if you have any questions i'm always here awesome awesome and then where can people find you online you can find me at plantbasedonabudget.com as well as on instagram at plantbasedonabudget that's where i'm most active yeah follow the account it is just chock filled with awesome posts about recipes but just like fun posts too i i, I love you know your <sighs> You're posting your wall. It's awesome. So thank, thank you. Yeah. And I'll have all these links up in our show notes for, for our listeners out there. So thank you so much again for being here. Honestly, you know, for all the work that you've done for so many aspiring plant-based people out there, including myself, would love to have you again on the show and you're always welcome back. So appreciate you taking the time out today. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. For sure. Bye-bye. Bye. So how was that? And how awesome is Tony Okamoto? I had so much fun talking to her, so I hope that our discussion helps inspire you to make healthy, affordable, and tasty plant-based meals. Please reach out to Tony and me to let us know how this episode was for you on our social platforms, which you can find the links to in our show notes. In addition, we have an exciting giveaway coming up for all of our listeners in which we will be giving away one of Tony's amazing cookbooks. So please check out my Instagram and social media pages for that. Lastly, I'm always interested in improving this show. So email me at drjonar at gmail.com if you have any suggestions on topics you want to hear or how we can make the show better 
or to just let me know how a specific episode or guest helped inspire you. I look forward to hearing from you. So thankful for Tony being on the show, and as always, so thankful for you tuning in. So if you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, and share it with your family, friends, and online, because sharing is caring. Thanks again to the wonderful and smart Amelia Liu, my intern, to Jacob Ferrer for production help, and to Stock Sounds for the music. And lastly, to you. Thank you again for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, your state of health starts with your state of mind. So till next time, enjoy the process, my friends. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice, so please talk to your primary physician for that. In addition, the views and opinions expressed by me are my own and not that of my former, current, or future employer. This also applies to my guests. Finally, we do our best to make every effort to relay correct information. We do not guarantee its accuracy. Thank you for listening.